Welcome to a new episode of Liftoff, a Jets football podcast with your host, Chris, and from playlikeajet.com, Mr. Sharman Phillip. And remember, you could catch us anywhere you get your podcast from, Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio. Um, you could also catch us on Sportswire Radio at sportsinarium.com backslash player. You could follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, for all the scheduling, at Thomas Bryce 2017. There's plenty of shows on there. You'll love them all. Definitely check it out. Um, Charmin, what's going on, man? Yes, I think sir. we got a busy week. We got Patrick Trotty as a guest this week, helping us out with the draft and some football talk here. So what's going on? Nothing much, man. The only thing that's going on is the fact that the NFL is the real housewives of football. Uh, I mean, the, I, I, I just got to say that, like, if you like uh, that kind of TV, this is it. I mean, I mean, every week, man, there's some kind of crazy stuff going on. <laughs> Drama at its finest. So, Patrick, what's going on, man? How's it going, guys? It's uh, it's never a dull moment, like Charmin said, with the NFL no, this year. Every time you think it's done, it's something else pops up and you're like, where did this come from? And so anyway, let's get right to the breaking news today. Um, the Jets have re-signed Joe Flacco and and White <laughs> to be their backup quarterback. So, so that Sean, is the breaking news. Thoughts? Yeah, what's your thoughts about that? <laughs> I mean, I, I I understand why you would do that, Chris. But uh, <laughs> we did. Uh, that was our yes. Jet news. <laughs> that week. right. That was our Jets news. Uh, other than the swing and a miss, but anyway, um, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. I, um, I'm still, I, I'm confused in, in a way. Why two quarterbacks? Why three quarterbacks? Right. Me too. You know, um, I, I understand Flacco. Um, I think we, enough fans belly ached about the fact that there wasn't a veteran quarterback in house. At certain points last year, I think the coaching staff kind of fell in love with Flacco and his demeanor and how he carries himself. And they figure that he going forward would be a good asset. Um, and Mike White showed in spurts that he could play this offense pretty well. Um, so, so that's not bad for a backup, right? So I, I guess, I guess not bad contingency plans um, going forward. Let's hope that we never have to call on any one of them this season. That's all I care about, basically. Right. I, th I think that's that's the key. <laughs> Let's have Wilson in there for 17 games in the regular season and hopefully a couple of playoff games, which would be awesome. But, yeah, I agree. Um, as long as we don't see them, I don't care who's behind him at this point. But <laughs> hopefully 17 games with Zach Wilson, I'll be very happy. So, anyway. This was a really busy week. Let's start from the beginning. The big news originally, uh, we thought that was going to be the biggest news of the week, but it definitely wasn't. Um, Deshaun Watson finally gets traded to the Cleveland Browns. They come out of nowhere. Uh, looked like it was going to be the New Orleans or the Falcons. Uh, Falcons looked like they were really in the, um, the driver's seat for them, but uh, Browns came in, uh, basically told them, we'll guarantee you your whole contract will give you a little bit of a raise so now he's getting five for 230 million dollars fully guaranteed um 
the Browns sent them three first round picks, a third rounder next year, and then a fourth rounder from 2024. Um, and Watson and a fifth rounder goes to um, the Browns. So it's a tough thing to, to talk about, but let's, what's your thoughts on the trade? Um, for, uh, at first glance, I think we can't cross this path before without talking about the case, right? Um, I think it would be kind of uh, crazy um, because it seems like uh, a lot of both, the, uh, not only the Browns, but any team that was involved in the conversation of trying to trade for Deshaun Watson uh, made it seem like they didn't do their homework. I got to say this. I, I am not one of these people that will go full outrage just because of the optics, because a lot of times people of that ilk, organizations that have that kind of money and move in those spaces don't want you to know the things they do behind the scenes. Um, I, without a doubt, believe that every last one of those teams did their homework. Now, people would like to think that, oh, the only way they could do their homework is by calling each one of the people or the women that, that filed against Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson himself and his lawyer, they don't have to do that. This case is a public case. All the details of that case is, is, is a matter of public, uh, public uh, it was disseminated publicly basically. So they could find anything they want. Plus they have connections everywhere, man. Um, um, former players of NFL talk all the time about the NFL FBI. You know, so they don't have investigators and pay some of the best investigators in America for nothing. They know exactly what they're dealing with. The only thing that we could call them out on is the fact that you're going after this dude, knowing what he had done. Now, I'm not here to like accuse people of anything because, you know, we, hey, he was, a, he was acquitted or he did, he wasn't charged or whatever it was. Again, I, I think people have said it a million times. The fact that he wasn't charged doesn't mean he's not guilty. That goes without saying. Um, now you got to question the fact that you want this guy to be part of your organization, knowing that he's, you know, capable of doing something like that, you know? So you're putting that on the back burner so you could win football games. Now, I, I'm not a judge. I, I hate to judge people. Um, the, the Browns have always done everything and anything to, to try to win because they've gone through some of the worst types of uh, <laughs> seasons of football and not only seasons of football, some of the worst front offices and ownership has been really bad. So, Hey, you know what? If you want to put your morality aside for, uh, uh, you know, bet one of the best teams in the NFL, that's on you. That's on you. You know, that doesn't mean that people can't call you out for not for, for, for that, you know, you're going to get blowback. And I feel like they, they kind of weighed it. They were like, Hey, we're going to get blowback, but we're going to win. And uh, I think they're going to accept it. I think, I, I also think that they're going to do things to satiate the, the barking public. 
the ones that are the people that are the maddest, the people that are going after them, the women's organizations and all that stuff. I think there's things they're gonna do to try to satiate them. Uh, so I don't think that's done now. I, th I think eventually they're gonna do all that. So that's that on that front. On the football front, we all know what Deshaun Watson is. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He hasn't played a down of football in almost in two years. And we know where he stands. Last time he got off the field, I think he led the league in, in QBR and yards or touchdowns. Whatever the hell he did, he, he yes, led he it. I think 4,800. Yeah, whatever. And without, without top-tier talent around him. So that's the kind of guy you get, you know. And, um, hey, they might, with, especially with what they have at home, on that team, they might be a problem to deal with going forward. Let's just hope that they've somehow uh, become better at GMing and doing front office stuff because that's what they've done, GMing. I don't know what, the, that's not really a word, but the Browns created, that's what the Browns do. I'm sorry. How do you fail like they've done? I mean. You, you could point your fingers at the Jets and we could tell you and describe to you how we failed. Tell me, explain to me how the Browns have failed. I can't. You know, maybe Chris could. But I, can't. <laughs> I don't know. You know? I, for me, I just think that, yeah, they, they're desperate, like you said. They're very desperate to, to do something to turn around this franchise. Um, and, and you know, and we, we've been talking about the Browns too, is that the Browns do have a really good roster. Outside of the quarterback, they have a really good roster. And, and let's be honest, with Baker Mayfield, they did make the playoffs, not this season, but the season before. And that was the first time they made the playoffs in a while. And they actually won a playoff game as well. They won it on the road against Pittsburgh. So, um, so this team is a very good team. And now you're adding, like you just said, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, this guy's a top five elite talent, young, in his prime, yeah, he hasn't played in over a year, but I mean, this is a huge get. But the problem is, like you said, he's got all of these, the accusations against him. I mean, it's 21. It's not like one or two and you're like, uh, all right, that looks, that could be shady. No, this 21. I mean, that's horrible. So, but here's the thing. Maybe the team and they did speak to him. Maybe they got something out of him that when they spoke to him and he, you know, maybe he explained I don't know what he could have explained what happened because we, you know, we've heard stories about what happened. So, but maybe they got a, a positive vibe from him to, to think, okay, he's not going to do that again. He's learned from that and he's going to pay the price, whatever that price may be, because now it's a civil suit, you know, there's 21 or whatever is 22 civil suits. So it's going to be a money thing. Now it's not going to be, he's going to jail. I mean, he's going to have to pay something. Obviously, he's got money now. He's got $230 million fully guaranteed. So money's not going to be an issue. Um, but then the league's going to step in. I'm sure he's going to get suspended. So whether he, he gets suspended, what, six games, eight games, we don't know yet. So that's going to be the interesting thing, too. Um, Patrick, what, what's your thoughts on it? What, what, are you, what are you thinking on this? Um, I've gone back and forth on this. It's between the picks the guaranteed money off the field stuff it's uh 
it's it's tricky and complicated. I would <clears throat> it, it's tough to judge Baker from last mm. year based off an injury. Right. And but it just goes to show you how desperate teams are for an elite quarterback and the arms race of quarterbacks, especially in the AFC. Um, yep. And even if you say Baker is healthy and he can win you a playoff game, that that's not good enough in the AFC. If you make the playoffs, look at who you have to go through. Um, and I think they saw that and they just, you know, either they were assured by Sean's team or they were assured by him, by him himself, something happened to either change the dynamic or assure them that this was the smart move. I just, I just questioned the guaranteed money. I mean, you're paying almost, almost $3 million per game for the next five years. That's incredible and and we're starting to see that more in football these, these guaranteed uh contracts more of them are getting guaranteed like just today we're, we're going to get to it in a second Tyreek Hill his is fully is going to become fully guaranteed as well after at the start of next year's not this season but next season if he's still healthy his contract's going to be fully guaranteed so um you're starting to see that more which is great for the players I'm not saying it's not it's good for them but we, we've seen it in football where these guys get hurt and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm still guaranteed my money, you know. So um, it, it'll be interesting how this plays out over the long run with Watson, Tariq Hill and some of these other players that are going to start getting more guaranteed money and how it's going to work out with the football teams. Is it going to handcuff these teams? How is it going to affect everything? I think that's going to be an interesting story as we go, you know down the line in the next few years but um yeah i i i definitely wanted to speak on the baker mayfield part of this thing um right what happens to him <laughs> where's yeah where's i mean <laughs> yeah that's the that's the question right and it doesn't seem like any team is really readily stepping up to try to take him off their hands right um i understand what patrick said about not judging him off of the injury but there's something more there. Um, he's, I think his disposition and the way he dealt with last season probably cemented his uh, his uh, exit from from Cleveland. I think I think that's probably the reason why the Cleveland would. I mean, that's not the main reason because again, Deshaun Watson. Um, but I think that really solidified in Brown's front office mind that that he just wasn't the guy. And I don't think it's his talent. I think his disposition and the way he dealt with his injury and everything that was, was happening. Because a lot of what the murmurs sounded like was that he wasn't being mature. He was being pig-headed. He wouldn't take direction. Um, uh, there was a couple times when, especially when the injury initially, when the injury occurred the Browns were willing to sit him and he went out of his way through a tantrum that he wasn't going to be sacked and he would play until he had nothing left and they were like well that doesn't work for us it's best you go in and you know try to get better and then he wouldn't have any habit which you know when you make you 
when a front office has to like plead with a player to follow their directions, it's not really a good look, you know. So um, I think I think that's basically what's going on. I don't think people are out here. Well, I don't think there's too many people out here saying that Baker is not a talented player. Um, he is a very talented player. Like a lot of quarterbacks, he has a problem with decision making. When Baker is the best, when Baker is best is when he's willing to take what defenses give him. And he's very accurate when he does that. He's decisive and accurate. When he is, oh, I want to be Showtime Baker, throw a bunch of long touchdowns and all that. He's, he's, he's that guy last year where you see, like he's impatient and he's not, you know, trying to wait out you know, defenses and try to find places to attack them. He's just being a little bit too aggressive when he needs to be a little bit more patient. And I think that on the field and his attitude behind the scenes probably cemented everything that's happening now. Yeah, I agree. So, okay. So before we jump to the next thing, what's going to happen? All right. Let's get to Baker in a second. Uh, The next big trade that happened this week was, Matt Ryan, since now the Falcons were close to getting Baker, I mean, to getting close to Deshaun Watson, now they had to turn around and deal with Matt Ryan because now you have to explain to him, oh, we weren't really getting him. We were just talking. You're still our guy. But obviously Matt Ryan wasn't happy. So he ends up getting traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick, which Hmm. for Indy, that's a steal. I mean, third-round pick for a pretty good quarterback even though he's older, you know, 36. But um, what's your thoughts on that trade? Do you think that was a, a good trade for Indi- Indianapolis? Oh, hell yeah. This is a team that's on the cusp, right? Very talented. Um, I think still today, if you watch that game, day, the last game they played against Jacksonville, you'd probably sit there with your jaw wide open because you still don't understand how a team that talented let the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game, a must-win game, beat them, right? right. <laughs> and 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 you could, and of course, you know, a lot of the fault falls on the shoulders of Carson Wentz, but, you know, there was other people on that team, <laughs> you know, and they just, nobody performed. And in my opinion, a guy like uh, Matt Ryan is not only is the caliber of wide of quarterback that demands respect, right? And um, in a huddle, that's the kind of guy you want. I think he's the perfect fit for a team of the Colts caliber who they're right there, but they just don't know what it takes to get a little bit more. I think he has that to kind of give them that little push. Um, I think I've I heard people try to combine like you know I think it was you Chris you you, you kind of uh, tried to um, try to put together the the whole uh, I think the last year of uh, what's his name uh, from that, that was traded from the Chargers to the Colts before his last season oh, and how we played Rivers? so well right Rivers right and I think I think I think Ryan is better now than Rivers was then and I think I think that is. I think that is probably probably going to help them more. I think they have players, you know, 
you know, they have players that uh, that could that could help. You know, that could help him be a little bit better. I think the run game is going to help him be a little better than he was in Atlanta the last couple of years. Um, he has probably the best offensive line. He's going to one of the best offensive lines he's ever played with. Um, I know he doesn't have the weapons like wide receivers, uh, but I think the Colts could do something about that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, it's it's an interesting trade, man. Um, I think I think the Colts are... Uh, they should be ready to move. What's your thoughts, uh, Patrick? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what, what's already been said. It's um, uh, the thing that I don't understand is what's the disrespect level for Matt Ryan? Like they don't <laughs> Atlanta. I understand he's getting up in age, but I, I saw something where it, the Atlanta Falcons social media on Twitter sent out a video thanking Drew Brees when he retired from the Saints. And it was a longer video than the one that they said, thank you to Matt Ryan. Hmm. It's like, I don't, I mean, and they went, they pivoted from that to Marcus Mariota. (laughs) Yeah. How are you going to sell that to your fans? That's... uh... Yeah, I can understand if you're like, okay, we're in the mix for Deshaun Watson, you know, that you don't really have to sell the fan base on that. But, um, but flipping it to the Colts perspective, I think it's a steal, like Charmin said, for a third round pick, get a couple more years out of Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor is in his prime right now, maybe get a young receiver in the draft. Um, because when we talked about it last week or last episode, the, the draft is filled with talented wide receivers. Um, so I, I think that they're in a position to at least make the playoffs. I mean, you got to think Matt, a healthy Matt Ryan is the best in that division. Right. I mean, I, I would, I would still think I trust him more than Tannehill and you know, I mean, with Davis Mills in Houston and Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville with a new coach and everything. So that division is, to me, it's them in Tennessee. So I think it's a steal for Indianapolis. And I think Matt Ryan's going to – I'm not saying he's going to win a championship, but if he can't make the playoffs, then then there's something wrong with – it's on Matt Ryan now. It's kind of like they're doing this again with a veteran. So we'll see if this is the place that Matt Ryan can, uh, you know, hopefully he ends his career with a couple playoff berths, but he's going to, you know what he's going to do. He's going to, like Sherman said, command respect in the huddle, play action passing off of Jonathan Taylor's running game. And he's going to, yep. he's going to throw for 3,500 to 4,000 yards a year easily. Yep. Yeah. No oh, doubt. yeah. And you just mentioned play action passing. And I remember one coach on, and I'm trying to remember who he was talking about when he talks about play action, when he's trying to teach young quarterbacks about play action, the one and only tape he takes out is Matt Ryan's footwork when it comes to play action. He's like, there's no quarterback in the NFL that does the perfect footwork an accommodation for play action in in the in 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 
in football right now. So, so that's that's pretty high praise. And and there's a listen. You we've watched him play for a long time. We know what he's about. You know he's accurate. He could sling it. Um, when he had a running game, he's one of the best. He just doesn't have wide receivers. When he was when he was really good, he had wide receivers. Paris Campbell and uh, and Michael Pittman Jr. is not going to cut it. Even if I like Michael Pittman Jr., I think they need more. Um, I I can't remember if T.Y. Hilton is going to be signed back or if he's leaving. And even if he's not, he's basically injury prone right now. He yeah, hasn't played a full season for a minute. So yeah, getting up there anyway. Yeah, they need they need they need weapons around Matt Ryan if they're gonna if they're serious about making a run, you know. I, if 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 he's up to playing for two years, I'd say this year would be the year where you kind of load up, and next year you make a run, because everybody is basically still so young that you can do that, you know. And and think about it. This is why this is why going back to last year's draft, me and you were pounding the table for the Falcons to draft a quarterback with that early first round pick instead of going for Kyle Pitts. It just, Hmm. it made no sense. You know, Matt Ryan is getting to the, to the finish line in his career. He's getting there. So now's the perfect time. You draft a guy, whether it's Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, somebody that you're going to draft. And then you could just sit him behind Matt Ryan for a year, maybe even two years. And you would have been fine. But now you're going to waste Kyle Pitts for at least two years, probably three years, because even if they pick up somebody next year, maybe through the draft, right, it's going to be, you know, the rookie season and all that. And then you're going to have Kyle Pitts going into his fourth year and his first three years, you've done nothing with him. You know, you've, you've won nothing. So I don't know. Um, so that, that kind of leaves Bacon Mayfield like, we, you know, we're talking. He's not that bad. Um, he won a playoff game with Cleveland. That's that's a major accomplishment on itself. Uh, but um, does he have a landing spot anywhere? Does he have to maybe maybe he's gonna become a backup for a year like uh, Trubisky did last year with Buffalo? You think he's gonna fit somebody there? Do you guys have a an idea of where he's gonna end up? Because I have no idea where he's gonna end up now. Patrick, take this. Oh boy. Um, maybe Seattle fight it out with Drew Locke. Um, I, I think Chris, I, I think you answered you, the, the most likely answer is what you suggested. I think he's got to go somewhere and rehab his not, not on the field, like Charmin was talking about, but more his, not his personality, but the chip on his shoulder that he has that right. whole I was a transfer. I, I was like a walk-on, that type of thing in college. That nobody wants to hear that in the NFL. You were a number one overall pick. You weren't slept on anymore. So, like, get rid of the chip. Go somewhere. Learn an offense. Get better. Say all the right things, and then reset the market next year. Yeah. Yeah. I, it seems like the Browns are not really in a hurry to move him because they, they right now, the way it's looking, right, there's not that many teams that are in the hunt for quarterback. So if that's going to happen, you basically, you kind of trying to, you're trying to sell a sell into a market or where the demand is pretty low. Um, so that wouldn't work out for, for the organization long-term. I think, I think they're waiting for, you know, 
a situation that benefits both of them, basically, no? You know, um, I think that that would be the smart play because, again, we, listen, of all the things we mentioned about Baker Mayfield, we're not saying that Baker Mayfield is a bad guy. We're not saying he, we're not even saying he's a bad quarterback. You know, so um, there's got to be a time and a place where they could find a good middle ground where they could get optimize his, you know, you know, the sale, basically, you know, get get the best that you could get for him, you know, because right now it wouldn't work in their in their favor at all. They would get trashed back, basically. Yep. Yeah, they wouldn't get anything because there's Jimmy G still out there. There you go. Teams can use that as leverage, and and then you still got Jordan Love. You still got you, you got multiple ways you can go about trying to pick off, you know, one A quarterbacks. And I don't think they get much in return right now. Yeah, I think, and he's making like eighteen eight, eighteen point eight million dollars. He's making so that's kind of an expensive guy to bring in to be your backup right <laughs> so yeah yep. I mean, that's, that, that's gonna be so i think a team like seattle might be the best like you like you said to go with drew lock but where else would you put them because you know most teams don't have that kind of room anyway to begin with to fit exactly in dollar backup so I, i'm really not sure they might they're either going to get stuck with him because if they cut him i think it's an 18 million dollar cut because he's got 18 million dollar dead cap hit so uh i i think they're kind of stuck with him to be honest or they'll just cut him because like you said his value is next to nothing nobody's got 18 million dollars worth of cap for a backup quarterback and the other option like you said you still got jimmy g kind of floating out there that san fran might want to move so it's like a musical chairs thing and he might be the one left without a chair. So, um, so we'll see <laughs> how the, how it ends up, but yeah, it's crazy with the NFL we've seen, it's never a dull moment. So it might happen tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, but then today out of nowhere, another big trade came out. Um, Tyreek Hill, uh, the Kansas city chiefs, um ends up getting traded to Miami it was down to Miami and the Jets they both had uh trade packages with draft picks ready to go that were okayed by Kansas City so it was up to Hill where he wanted to go the money was the same on both sides um and he ends up picking Miami shocker over the Jets but um <laughs> <laughs> that trade ended up being a first round pick which was the 29 pick uh the second round pick which was number four 50 um and then and the fourth round of this year as well and also a fourth and a sixth in next year's and then the contract ended up being four years for 120 million dollars so um and this is after miami signed uh armstead the tackle to a five-year yes, 75 million dollar deal so good for him as well so okay so from a jet standpoint um jd did everything he could he had the offer he got the offer okay by Kansas City, so it came down to Tyree Kill deciding on where he wants to go, either New York or Miami, ends up picking Miami, so we can't really go too bad against Joe Douglas. He's done great this whole offseason, and he tried again. This is like the third player he swung and missed at, but at least he's at least he's swinging for the fences and trying to get a big-time player here, and this is 
one of the one of the best playmakers in the whole league. Um, so, Charmin, what's your thoughts about him going to Kansas City? You mean going to Miami? Going uh, to Miami. I'm sorry. In, incredible, <laughs> incredible, uh, pretty talented uh, uh, bunch of weapons right there. You have Gasecki that had that got tagged, right? So yeah. they kept him around. Pretty dangerous guy to um, matchup wise. Uh, as a tight end, um, then you have they they drafted one of the premier young wide receivers in the NFL in Jalen Waddle. Uh, they still that who they still have on their team, and then you bring in Kyrie Hill, who is the most dangerous weapon on the NFL football field. I don't care what anybody says; he threatens you in so many different ways. It's almost impossible to stop that guy because of his stop, start, he's start and go or stop and go, whatever you want to call it. There's nobody that does it like that. Him with the ball in his hand is ridiculous. Him running deep routes against your defense is ridiculous. So he could beat you in so many ways. It's incredible. Um, and I, I kind of uh, envision that short passing RPO type play offense that they ran or they attempted to run last year with, with Tua where was kind of a, a, an upgrade of what he ran in college. I mean, that's his game when he's, it, that's his element. And it's not going to ask him to do things that he's not, he's not really good at doing, which is uh, really, you know, looking downfield and dissecting defenses. No. They're going to scheme a lot of things. They're going to get a lot of short plays, um, short plays, get a lot of mismatches underneath, which we know there's not a lot of defenders that could run with Jalen Waddle. And there's even, it's even rarer to find a defender that could run with Tyreke. So you take, you combine with that with the fact that there's not a lot of players that could run with um, safeties or linebackers that could cover Mike Gusecki. And you have one of the most dangerous skill position in the skill position sets in the NFL, basically. So yeah, because the luck they also signed, remember they earlier they signed it Cedric Wilson, the wide receiver. Yes. And they added Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostart to the running back. Right. And and right. And thank you very Chris very much. We've seen what Mostert could do mm -hmm. um in 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 uh in uh, in San Francisco. We know how dangerous he is. Um, the only thing with him is that it's staying healthy has always been a problem for him. So again, name after name after name of guys that just could contribute in so, on so many levels. And it seems like they're going out of their way to create a situation where everything they do is to maximize the talent that Tua has. And everybody's talking about how, well, you're buying all this talent and you don't have a quarterback. Who says they don't? He might not be your type of quarterback, but to, what Tua could do is what they're trying to maximize. Like I just said, he might not be the guy with the strongest arm that could beat you downfield, you know, and dissect your, your, your defense, but on short to intermediate throws, running those R, R, um, plays off of RPO, I think he led the NFL in, 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 in completion percentage when, he, when they ran RPO and when they ran play action so 
what are you talking about? They know what they're doing. I think I think for the first time in a very long time, I think I think they're uh, they're accentuating what their quarterback does best. And I and all of what I just said makes me want to throw up because I'm a Jets fan. <laughs> well, at and the I got to face day, this idiot twice, twice a season. Hey, at the end of the day, it's going to be just like with us. It's going to come down to the quarterback. What is Tua yes. going to be able to do? You say it all those things, but he still has to. He still has to do it on the field. So that that'll be the. This is how far they're going to go. Is how good two is going to be next year, and um, I think that's what it comes down to. Patrick, what, what do you got? What are your thoughts on this from the Patriot side of it? Yeah, it's <laughs> never good when Tyreek Hill enters the division. Um, True, <laughs> but I agree with a lot of what Charmin said. I think that if you're gonna if you're going to build around Tua and that's what they're doing, it's, it's to get the ball out of his hands quick and to let playmakers do their thing. Um, and this, this only helps. Uh, is it a lot of guaranteed money? Yes. Was it a lot of picks in quantity? Yes. But we'll see what it, what those picks turn out to be in terms of talent that uh, Kansas city turns it into. Um, my thing is what, what is Kansas city? Where does Kansas city go from here? I don't, I'm not going to feel bad for the chiefs. Don't get me wrong, but like, they're really going to run out there with Juju and, and Pringle and Hardman. I mean, I know Mahomes still has Kelsey and it has to be more added soon, but they got to add something. And, um, but to get back to the dolphins and Tyreek, uh, it's, it, I think it was four years, 120 million. And it was, I think, and you said it, Chris, he, it's all guaranteed. Yes. So it's, um, it becomes guaranteed um, next season. Okay. And look, in that, in, in our division, now you have the elder statesman quarterback, Josh Allen. <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying that, but. <laughs> <laughs> you just have weapons upon weapons. You have Tyreek. It's never a good. I I don't. I'm with Charmin on this. I don't want to think about having to cover Tyreek Hill two times in the regular season before the playoffs even start. True. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting and think about it. Miami is still at best the second best team in the, in that division, right? Because Buffalo is still the king in that division. Um, yep. And then when you look at the rest of the AFC, they may not even make the playoffs when you think about it, because you got the AFC West is ridiculously how good it is. And Kansas City, are they going to take a step back? I don't know, because we know how good um, we know how good the Chiefs offense is going to be. They're going to add at least one at least one receiver in the draft, without a doubt. There's probably a couple of guys they could add in free agency. There's still a couple of big names out there. Jarvis Landry, Beckham is still out there. So they might add one of those guys. I, I mean, I think the Chiefs' bigger problem is on defense than on offense, but we'll see because Mahomes is Mahomes. He's, he's going to – he'll figure it out, you know, with whoever he's out there with. So, but can is Kansas City going to take a step back after this trade? I don't think so. And Miami – Again, it's going to be up to Tua. I think, I think that's, that's the whole story. 
the crazy the craziest thing about the the, the Kansas City thing is this, right? Because they would, ha- in my opinion, you would have to take you'd have to change everything you do on offense. You have to scrap that offense because if because everything they do was dictated on how people covered Tyreek Hill, right? So take Tyreek Hill out, and then now you need to figure out a way, somebody that would dictate to up to defenses like Tyreek Hill. Unfortunately, there's no other Tyreek Hill. You know, you don't have, I don't care how fast Nicole Hardman is, he's not Tyreek Hill. If Tyreek Hill and Michael Hadman is running a running straight line, they might be it might be close, but the 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 acceleration from zero to sixty or zero to thirty, McCall Hadman does not come anywhere close to that. There's nobody in the NFL that could do what this man could do. So that's that's a given. So the Chiefs had to start from scratch, in my opinion, in and off on offense. Um, there are players that could get, they could get that could attain the kind of straight line speed he has, but the sideline to sideline speed he has, no, mm-hmm. impossible to, to recreate. So it will be very interesting to see how they go um, moving forward, basically on on in on offense. Um, I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I can't, I can't do it. Um, but we'll see. I I think it'll be pretty interesting to see what they do next. Yeah, it, it definitely will because they're going to add somebody without a doubt. And then, of course, in the draft, we, we talked about the wide receivers, how deep it is in the draft this year. Um, and now they got the extra picks to, to kind of maneuver there. So that'll be interesting what their, what their next step is going to be. Um, and now uh, my other thought was the Jets are swinging for the fences here and they're missing. But is there anybody else out there that they could try to get? Is DK Metcalf going to become available for Seattle? Um, maybe Lockett from Seattle. Is there someone else out there that you think that might be available, or or you think this is it, and we're just going to go into the draft and with what we got? Hey Chris, look up look up those where these two guys stand for me because these conversations kind of they're maddening to me. We're there's these conversations on Twitter on Jets Jets Twitter is having these conversations about the fact that you know um, it's a um, these guys are attainable. How attainable are they? Because from last time I checked, both of those guys are still on the contract. Yeah, right. I, I think people's thought process in saying either Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf is because Seattle is basically rebuilding. And they're basically having a fire sale. You know, they got rid of Bobby Wagner. Um, and Bobby Wagner, it just came down a couple hours ago, is that they're, he's close to signing with the Rams. So awesome. That. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> but that, I think that's what people are thinking. Like, all right, if Seattle's going to be rebuilding, they got rid of uh, Russell Wilson, you know, maybe they're going to start rebuilding. Maybe they'll start trading guys. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe you'll hold on to DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett, maybe? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Because this is what this is where this is where I think I'm 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 pretty disconnected with everybody else on this, and and I don't know where you guys stand on this, but these conversations about these guys are to me is is moot. 
it makes absolutely no sense to, to conversate about guys that basically teams haven't showed the teams haven't showed any kind of indication that they want to get rid of. I don't understand, right? I don't care if I'm having a fire sale or not. Tell me, or please explain to me why I would trade DK Metcalf. Because if I'm getting, let's say I'm getting a rookie quarterback. What is DK Metcalf for a rookie quarterback? He's a, a huge target for that, for that rookie quarterback. What is Tyler Lockett to a rookie quarterback? One of the best deep threats in the NFL. Exactly. exactly. Right. This is what I'm saying. Like, there's no reason for Seattle. I'm sorry. Well, here's there's the other absolutely thing no reason for Seattle to get rid of those two guys. This, these are the best players, in my opinion, especially when it comes to offense. These are the best players they have. I don't see the reason these conversations keep going on about, about these two guys being available. They're not, number one. And number two, I just can't see a reason why Seattle would get rid of them. I don't think Lockett is, but the only one that's a possibility, because I think Lockett's contract's a little more uh, tricky and it's going to be a little tougher to move because it's a, a lot more money involved. But DK is making almost nothing. He's only making about $4 million this year. And this is the last year of his contract. I think that's why people are saying that. And also, too, when you look at that division, where does Seattle fit in the AFC West? Right? Are they going to contend in the next year or two? Probably not. No. no. So I think that's where people think, oh, you know, maybe that's and maybe that's what Seattle end up, ends up doing. I don't know. But like you said, though, you need something. I mean, all right, let's say if they do decide to trade Metcalf, then you're leaving Drew Locke or let's say if we said it earlier, maybe they get Baker Mayfield. You got to leave your quarterback with something to throw to. <laughs> I mean, you can't go there with nothing and just kind of. Are they just going to cash in this season and say, all right, that's it. We're going to, we're just going to play for the, the draft pick and, you know, we'll, we'll just draft a quarterback next year. I mean, is that what you're telling your fans by doing that? So I see what you're saying. You can't trade them and you can't trade them for not just for on the field, but also for the fans too, because what are you telling your fans? We're giving up. This is it. We're done. If you give up Metcalf too. I mean, they already kind of said that, but. So I, that that's the part. Like Patrick, what do you think with uh, with Seattle? I mean, I, I get what Charmin's saying. It 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 doesn't make a lot of sense. The only way that these players could possibly become tradable or available is if the financials don't work out for the team that they're on right now, uh, a la Tyreek Hill. They didn't want to. I guess that that kind of materialized out of nowhere, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, right. a week ago, nobody really thought Tyreek Hill was edible. So I yeah. guess everybody has their price. But to Sharman's point, I, I don't think I don't think DK. I mean, you you said it best, Chris. When with his financials, it doesn't make sense to get rid of him. Right, he's not making much, but he is in the last year of his deal, so. He might they just get they just give him a, an extension right. that's the thing like you could just pay him because again this is high-end talent i i don't know how high he is as a talent but this is high-end talent and it's hard to acquire these guys it's not you don't 
everybody thinks that you just pick guys off of a, off of a tree like a leaf and you just hey you know like madden this is you don't get these kind of guys so why even if you're having a fire sale it doesn't matter because you let's the fact the reason why you would have a fire sale is to accumulate assets right to go buy guys right so why would i sell my most prized possession to go buy another prized possession i don't get it like you already have him in house he's not get making that much money i wouldn't move him i would sign him now the other kid on the other hand we could have a conversation about because of the financials like patrick just talked talked about right but they still haven't indicated that they, they that they want to and and the whole and Patrick, the Tyreek Hill thing materializing out of out of the blue. I think we were just weren't paying attention, basically, because if you if we really were paying attention, we'd kind of see it coming. <laughs> Kansas City had been struggling with their cap for a minute, um, and the way it went was people, you know, wide receivers started making ridiculous money. Hey, man, guess what? <laughs> Adams just got a ridiculous sum of money, and Tyreek Hill is on his level pay me i'm 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 on that level pay me and the chief was like man we ain't got no money what do you want us to do well move me then there you go she's like all right then we don't have I a get choice. what you're saying but i i could you know what i could see i could see dk saying the same thing pay right. me now right you're but not gonna, you're not you haven't you haven't given me a quarterback anymore so give me my money and think about they it pay if they say we're not going to pay you well that's you a different that's a different conversation i i totally agree with you patrick but, but they have too. the space to pay him that's the thing they could they could come out and be like hey i'm giving you 27 a year they have the the cap space to do that the chiefs didn't right but is, is it is it it's smart with his level of talent to give him that money, but is it smart to give him that money and surround him with Drew Locke? Because are you getting the most for bang for your buck? And will with... he want to either? He might not be looking for an extension now because he doesn't want to stay there. That's the, I'm, I'm not saying that's true, but think about it. Right now, like, like I said earlier, Seattle is not going to be contending for that division for the In next couple of seasons, at least the next two years. This year, and the next year, I don't care who they get as a quarterback next year in the draft. It's not going to happen. They're just, they're just not going to dethrone the Rams and they're not, and they're not in the same league as the 49ers either. So maybe they could get to third place, but I don't even think they're going to get the third right now. So I think that's, what's got to be brought into the conversation too, because does DK, I, I know he's not a veteran or anything. I mean, it's only his fourth season going into his fourth season, does he want to deal with this for the next couple of years, being the fourth place team in that division, a rebuild and all that stuff, you know, he's in his, and that's the other thing he's in his, he's in his contract season. So he wants to have a big season so he could cash in next, next off season. Right. So that's the other thing. So I, from what I've been reading on Twitter, not that they're trying to move him or anything, but teams are calling them for these guys. Why not? Why right. not? So <laughs> why not? I still, mean, something still might happen. I'm not saying it will or it won't, but it won't. It obviously you can't be shocked anymore with anything that happens in the NFL. <laughs> I could definitely see something happening because they're going nowhere. 
that this team is literally going nowhere in one of I the would, toughest divisions in the whole league. Yeah, and 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 unfortunately, I think I think they've they've dug a hole that have caused that that caused all that damage. They basically they put they put off moving um, Russell Wilson to a point where now they're basically almost bat the cupboards are bare, right? Um, and that's the issue. I totally agree with you with, 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 you know, how long they're going to take to rebuild. Um, but it'll take longer if you have to, if you're going to just move guys, you know, Hey, draft picks ain't nothing. Everybody's acting like people just acquiring a bunch of picks is going to mean anything. I, I'm old enough to remember when the, when the, when the Raiders had how many picks in the first round in two years. <laughs> Thanks and what the, happened? <laughs> thanks to the old Jamal Adams trade. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the Raiders had a bunch of picks, man, and everybody's like, and they hired a brand new coach, and everybody's like, listen, for the next, this this team is gonna be nothing happened. <laughs> you know, picks don't mean anything. You know, if you have talent in house that you you already could account for, that's already elite or approaching that level. Man, try to keep him because it's hard to acquire that. It's true. So, so this is a perfect segue because Seattle is probably going to be looking for a quarterback or possibly. I don't know if Drew Locke is the answer there. Um, we're going to finish up our draft preview on the offensive side. And next week, we're going to jump into the defensive side. We'll, we'll jump on the uh, probably the edge and the interior on the defensive uh, line. But we're going to finish up with the quarterbacks and the running backs here. So quarterbacks, um, there's a few names out there for the first that are probably going to go in the first round. Um, Patrick, we'll, we'll start with you. What's who, who are your, uh, give us your top picks for quarterbacks. Okay. Um, I, I think that, I think that there could be as many as five going in the first round and that's not, oh, wow. and that's not, in my opinion, that's not, uh, reflection on their talent level. It's more reflection on teams either needing a quarterback or wanting to get a backup in there for that five-year rookie contract and have them under control. Because uh, there's a there's a lot of franchise quarterbacks that are aging that are starting right now. But um, I I like I like Malik Willis. I really do. Um, uh, I'm not even going to get into pro days because that's a whole, you guys could have a whole show about our pro days valuable to watch. I mean, look, he looked good. He looked good on tape. He looks good in pads. He looks good throwing without pads on. It's, it is what it is. He's the only thing that scares me about him is that he was at Auburn and it didn't work out. So he had to go to quote unquote a lower level school, but he's he's got the fastball. He's he shows pretty good touch too. Um, uh, he's not the biggest guy, but I don't think in this day and age that's that's a you don't need the stereotypical six five quarterback. Um, with all these guys, the only caveat I'll throw in is it depends where they go in the first round. There's a big difference between, you know, going six to Carolina or 
going in the 20s to a franchise that has shown an ability and a past of developing quarterback talent. So I could see a team like New Orleans, Pittsburgh later on in the first round, even Tampa Bay at the end of the first round. They could they could go for a guy like Matt Corral if he slides, but that takes me to number two. I like Matt Corral. Um, mm. I, I like I like that he played. I'll bring it back to baseball. He was a shortstop. He has the quickest release of any quarterback in this draft. I think his um, his decision making, like Charmin says, it, sometimes it sometimes it's not as good as you want. But all the talent is there. You just got to harness it. And sometimes you can't you can't teach arm talent. So I, I would I would take a shot on him as the number two quarterback in this draft. Um, three through five, uh, Kenny Pickett. But I, I say that with a question mark because again, if you're telling me he's going to go six to Carolina, I'm not in love with drafting Kenny Pickett that high. But he, he's talented and he's older. He's, he's been in a system for multiple years as a starter. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he was a starter almost f- from freshman year on. So I think he yeah. was a four-year starter at Pitt. Yes. Um, Seems like it, yeah. A good play. He's very good in a lot of categories. He checks off a lot of boxes, but he's not. He doesn't strike me as being elite at anything. Mm. Um, after those three, I, after those three, I'm not even going to mention the Notre Dame quarterback because <laughs> we know my history with Notre Dame quarterbacks, but, uh, I, I like, um, I like Desmond Ritter from what I've seen out of Cincinnati. Um, but the other name that I keep on seeing that, that I'm, really lukewarm at best, but he's my fifth quarterback. So that shows you the class, Sam Howell from North Carolina. Um, yeah. He, um, he reminds me of a certain quarterback that we've already talked about mm. uh, in Baker and he, <laughs> but he's less than Baker. I think <laughs> he's, he's kind of like a Baker light. He's, he's, he's diminutive in stature. And he's not the most athletic, even though he can he he has moved around. He's shown a, an ability to run, but he's not in the NFL. He's not he's getting college yards, if that makes sense. He's not in the NFL. He's not going to because I looked at his stats. He I think he ran for almost a thousand yards last year. But if you watch him, he's almost like a, a bowling ball out there. And he and during the combine, he did have a hitch in his throw. That kind of scares me. Um, yeah. So I, I like I like the top three, but again, it's it's where you get them. If you're if you're getting them and just asking them to be the day one franchise quarterback, I think you're going to be in for a long year. <laughs> if you're bringing them in and it's a seasoned offensive coordinator, a seasoned coach, a, a, a good franchise. Uh, a good quarterback, not a great quarterback, but a good quarterback room, and you just bring him along, I think Matt Corral, Pickett, and Willis are going to be very good pros. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that's the key with these guys. If they come in and they don't have to start right away and they could sit for the year, I think it, it'll work out. Because like you said, they have the physical school, the skills, excuse me. Um, it's just a matter of, I think they need to work on it a little bit. I think they need a year plus behind a veteran. So, well, what's your thoughts, Charmin, on these guys? Uh, he went five de- deep. I don't know if I could do that. Um, <laughs> Pickett is my favorite because Pickett reminds me of your guy, Patrick. Mac and cheese? Yeah, he reminds <laughs> me of him. Know. Yeah, he does. Um, Not flashy athletic, but he's better with his legs, I think, than your guy. Um, but he, you know, but he's that kind of poise and accurate quarterback, you know, what, what, what was he, what is he like about six, two, six, three. He's um, a little bigger than Howell. And, yeah. And Willis, I think. And, 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 and I think, I think more than anything, and, and I had to check that up, check a little bit on that. One of the things that, that, you know, I saw was the fact that he, he played in an offense where he had to make reads. I think that was something that was important to me that kind of brought me across um, to liken him more than anything else. So I saw the mobility. I knew that he had that. You know, I saw the poise and the accuracy. But the fact that he had to read defenses and understand defenses on how to attack them, and that brought and bring that accuracy with him whilst doing that, I think that convinced me that he was especially the fact that he played in the same offense for three years. I think that kind of shows me that he could learn a system and acclimate himself to it and also play off script. I think that to me kind of made it for me. He's to me, my number one quarterback. Um, Well, it's tough out there because I'm not as much. You're in love with Willis. I'm not. I am. I am not in love with Willis a couple of times I watch him play this season I was not I don't know he did not do it for me man and I I understand the reasoning the arm and the you know but he's not even tall he's like six foot normally when and this, this is the thing man when 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 the NFL or, or college football whoever tells me somebody's height one of the things I do I always say, like, it's either you add something to it or you take something off of it. Normally, when they tell you somebody's six foot, they're not. They're like 5'11". So um, um, he does, he doesn't look as big as the other, especially Pickett. Like, Pickett is a big dude um, for me. So I, I'm, I'm definitely in the Pickett. Uh, I don't like Willis. Uh, I think you mentioned a guy that I, that to me, that was a sleeper. When I watched, it was uh, ha- um, Howell. I'm uh, not Howell. Uh, oh man, uh, what's? Matt yes, Carl. thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Matt Carl. <laughs> Matt Carl was the guy that that was kind of the sleeper to me. Um, I I agree with you, man. Um, there was there's so much about him that that intrigued me. You know, you know the size, yes. You know, um, he, the athleticism, of course, another thing that I really liked about him, you know, but I think I saw the accuracy, you know, and I saw certain things about his game that I was able to be like, okay, you know, I'm not, 
You know, I don't think he's wildly talented, but I think he is capable. Um, those guys, I agree with Patrick, are not got the, to me their value. It's not that high. I, I don't know if you want to be picking guys of these guys. In, like even Pickett, as much as I'm in love with him, I think the teens is where I'm like talk like positional value. Probably his value would be, and in my opinion, um, so. Even if I like, even I like how I like Corral, I don't think, you know, he, you know, I wouldn't pick him anywhere above the teens. I'd pick him in the twenties, probably. In my opinion, that's where his talent takes me. Um, the next guy that I like that I watched was uh, was Carson Strong. You know. Um, I like the mobility and a lot of the athleticism. Again, another thing. The only thing that worries me is that, you know, again, that kind of offense that he played in, I don't know about that, you know. I But I like his game, you know. The only thing with him is, like, I just, you know, you know, the decision-making, like, like Patrick just said, bothers me, uh, you know, so. That's about it for me, man. I don't know. I like. I'm not really in love with so many, too many of those guys. I I don't. I'm not really in love with Ritter like that. So I'm. I didn't even want to mention his name like that. <laughs> I think with with the quarterbacks this year, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I think there's the scouting reports are if you shorten it in a, into a sentence, it would be does something well, but. There's but. always a comma and a yeah, but there's either lack of size or lack of elite arm strength or yep talent levels. There's something, and we, there's never a perfect quarterback coming out, but there are some warts on some of these guys that are. His, it's going to be interesting to see his, where. Here's my question for you guys: Is there going to be a team that's going to try to trade up and get one of these guys? Is one of the teams going to fall in love with one of these guys, whether it's Willis, Pickett, Cor- Corral, Howell? Is someone going to fall in love and say, you know what, I got to get this guy. I'm going to move up, hopefully to the Jets at 10, maybe, <laughs> you know, and offer us something nice or even higher? Do you think there's a that kind of love? That kind of love? I don't know about that. I, 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 I said so from low. day one that Carolina at six is going to pick a quarterback. I, I don't know. I think they're going to fall in love with Pickett or, or uh, fall in love with um, uh, Willis. I, if it was me and it was my job on the line, I would not pick a quarterback at number six overall. But uh, I'm trying to look at landing spots and some teams, like Charmin was saying, the positional value in the teens or the 20s. But some teams might get antsy. And a team like Pittsburgh, a team like New Orleans, I know they both signed quarterbacks, but they might look at the board and say, why not? You know, like if you if you if you fall in love with the guy, if you think he's your guy, you go and get him. Okay, so what would make them antsy though, right? If you're saying do you think Atlanta pulls the trigger on somebody? Okay, that's possible. So the, let's have that conversation, right? 
So the pick goes, the first team quarterback eight? hungry. When is that St. Louis goes at six to Carolina. Right. Let's say, right. That's what I'm saying. So let's and say. Atlanta starts to get antsy because they know they have Marcus Mariota. And we're and assuming pick it. we're assuming Detroit doesn't go quarterback at two, right? I would think they pick yes. a, a quarterback at the end of the first round. Right. To give them that the fifth year of control, but they do have the 32nd pick. They have the Rams pick. Yes. So that's the last pick in the first round. So you guys think they'll bypass two and then maybe trade up from 32 and from there. This would surprise me. This would to no end if if Detroit has a quarterback that's ranked that high on their board. With the with the caliber of players we we're talking about this year, even if they even if you know a lot of people say, oh, there's no this and there's no that. There's players that are good enough that to me, I outrank the quarterbacks by a mile that yes. I wouldn't make up a board as a football team and look at and look at these quarterbacks and have them. Oh, that's my best play on the board. No, no, I'm but sorry. We're also talking from two teams' point of views as fans that have a rookie or a sec- now a second year quarterback that we invested heavily in. But if you don't have that, I, I don't know. You might get desperate and you might, you're looking at it with different glasses, with foggier glasses. If you're a team like Detroit I'm, and you see. I'm, right. Goff. But I'm trying, I'm trying to look at it from that perspective though. My thing, my, my problem with this, with what you're saying is that I understood what, why the Jets took, Wilson. I understood oh, yeah. why I don't the, think why this the class Brown is take. as good. Right. Because because you because no matter how how desperate you are, you need a specific return on your investment, right? And and if you go through, if you try to break down the talents of these guys we're talking about, right? These guys, to me, Willis is a project. Number one. Like that's my opinion of him. And and you're higher on him than me. And I don't think you have him as a like a top if you had to rank players in this draft do you have willis ranked in your top 10 if i was a gm i would not i would not pick any of these quarterbacks in the first round exactly and if this my is, job this is my problem one, i'm just saying what i think will happen because the nfl is wacky and <laughs> I, I would I, maybe not five in the first round maybe four I could I could definitely see Detroit at 32 picking one. I I if if somebody if somebody says, look, Willis is a project, like you said, which he is, he's rough around the edges, but we get him into our building, we coach him up, and we have him on the bench for a year, and then we'll get the return on investment. I could I could see that happening. I don't agree with it, but I could see it happening. But you do have multiple teams that are going to be looking for a quarterback. You know, you mentioned Detroit. You got the Giants, and the Giants have two picks, five and seven. And you got Carolina sandwich in between those two picks. And then Atlanta. Let's talk about – Chris, Seattle. how about this? Let, let's approach this from this side, right? Because we're approaching this from the quarterback side. Let's approach it from the other parts of a building, of all the building blocks you would need in a team, right? Because – because we've we've solidified the fact that the the quarterback talent is iffy at best, 
Let's go with tackle. How deep is the tackle talent in the end of, in the draft this year? Um, what did we say? We I mean we who are we looking at? Three or four left tackles that are first round grades? Yeah, I would say four at least. Four. Penning, that's Neil and Iquano. That's a lot. No? Yeah. If you if you don't if you don't have the quarterback, what do you do? You build from the trenches, right? Absolutely. But... This is this is the deep, this is one of the deepest edge rushing drafts we've seen. We we could say that. This is one of this is right closely as a very talented tackle um uh talent um um draft season that we've seen in a while, right? I mean, I don't know if we'll we we we'll put them, I don't think they're as good as what when Beckton came out. Um, but I think they're pretty up there. I think um so I think trenches wise. If you're building a team, I think like tr I'm trying to look at this from a GM st standpoint. If I cannot convince my front office that the quarterback is the best thing to do, and I don't have a left tackle, or I don't have a a, a, a premier center, or I don't have a premier edge rusher, wouldn't it behoove me to go for? That was these positions that are building blocks of a team instead of trying to reach for a quarterback that might or might not, uh, uh <laughs> you know, what you're saying makes my team. a lot of sense, right? In fact, it makes too much sense. My argument would be <laughs> that look at what Green Bay did with Jordan Love, there's always oh at least one team <laughs> that that makes a pick for a quarterback. Look at Daniel Jones or oh, Haskins. Right. <laughs> at, at that value. I'm, I'm looking at a team like New Orleans that signed Jameis for a two-year deal. Sure, they have other holes to fix, but maybe they think at that value in the middle of the first round or a team like Pittsburgh or Detroit at the end of the round, but there might be a team that just gets itchy and jumps up and says, you know what, we got to do, we got to make a splash. We gotta, we gotta steal the headline, and I, I wouldn't do it. Like, you got I mean, me. You make a lot of sense. So you yeah. got me. You right. got me. When you mention when you mention picks like Daniel Jones, I, you got me. I can't explain that. Can you? <laughs> and that's no. what's gonna happen, though. That's the that's the crazy part. Somebody's gonna do it. Yep. Like you said, at least four is gonna go in the first round. It's just a some GM of is gonna say is gonna look the owner in the eye and say. This kid is elite. If you get him with our coaches, <laughs> coach him up, rah, rah, look into my eyes. Oh. His arm talent is, is generational. And we can. Oh. How could you finesse hundreds of thousands of dollars? I need one of those jobs. Because if I could talk a million, uh, talk a, a millionaire or billionaire, into giving me re uh, the run of their organization whilst I make ch choices like this, man, listen, if they, these people could do it, I could do it too. Come on. <laughs> exactly. And the yeah. other argument I'll say is if you look further down the draft board at the quarterback position, it gets really dicey. Eesh. That's why I, I mean, said I couldn't go deep. I couldn't. I, I'm sorry. And, and I spent, 
I spent some time trying to look through some of that film and um, I, I, I tried, I took, I took some QB uh, classes, like trying to learn how, um, you know, try to judge talent, QB talent. And I love football. And uh, that's one of the most boring things. I'm sorry. Guys I can't in the top do it. 20 that are I that can't. don't even have pictures of their face next to their name Sheesh. on the website I'm looking at. And there are some guys it's that bad. I can't even tell what school they went to from the logo. It's bad. And and I said and I and I said I I had to dig to go watch Carson Strong highlights. And from the highlights I saw, because, you know, we don't, you know, we don't have access. I had access to some, to some film, uh, but I'm, I'm sorry, man, I can't do this. This is, this is ridiculous. You know, some of that stuff is so bad, you know. Carson Strong, expect Strong to hear his name called in the first half of the second round of this year's draft has an NFL arm and gets the ball out from one hash to the opposite sideline. Yeah, hurry. that's one of the things that caught me. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Oh, Carson Strong's me. going in the second round. Those other guys have got to... Got to go in the first. <laughs> have to. And you want to go in the If it was my job, I would not do it. But but if you're going to... If you believe in them in some way, you got to draft them in the first round because you want that 50-year option for the quarterback. Yeah. That's, that's the key with the quarterback. If you like them enough, that's the thing. Like, I don't think Detroit's going to pick one at two, but maybe, like you said, at the end, they're at 32. That's where they might draft one. Here's where it gets tricky is if you're Detroit and you're like, all right, I like a couple of the guys. So if one of them falls to 32, that's great. But do you want to take a chance? If that guy doesn't fall to you, then you're like, oh, now we're back to having Jared Goff as our quarterback. You know, so I think that's where it's that's where you might get a team like, wait a minute, we got to trade up. We have to get there because uh, Washington might move up. Right. Washington might draft one. Seattle might draft one. The Giants, Atlanta, Carolina. There's those- but who says that the Giants? Listen, again, I think we're giving the Giants too much. Yet. We're, we're giving the Giants too much uh, leeway. Because if you're if you're smart enough, and I use the word smart loosely, to draft Daniel Jones, and then after he's shown you who he is, you bring in a brand new coach, a brand new offense, and go up to a pulpit and say, "We're gonna give Daniel Jones every chance to be to be spectacular in this league." Yeah, for one year. I, <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry if you're Not saying that is a straight face. So- Giants if don't have a saying, quarterback. If you're saying that with a straight face, then I I can't believe in anything you say. I'm sorry. That, they, that's they, why they, I think there's a possibility that they draft a quarterback because they don't have one right now. Daniel Jones is not signed <laughs> past this year. And their backup is Tyrod Taylor. So they don't have a quarterback. Yeah, but 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 again, the question the thing is we keep revisiting the fact that these guys are just not that talented. They're not the guys where you like. He might supplant Daniel Jones. They're they like more like Daniel Jones 2.0. And <clears throat> and in my opinion, as many shots I would take at, at Daniel Jones, some of those guys don't even come close to the talent that Daniel Jones has. 
which is crazy because Daniel Jones could take a part, like we've seen it, right? We've seen him like throw for 400 and some yards. I mean, not a lot. I know, but the fact that he could do it and he's done it and you could see that there's sparks here and there of his play. That's different. That's different from a, 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 a. You can't really quantify what some of those guys are. Really, to tell you the truth, number one, they play in like ridiculously weird offenses. That's number one. So you can't really tell. Um, and number two, <laughs> they're just not. I'm sorry, man. They're just not that as talented. And um, I, Willis is the one that I give a shot. Because I think if you if you use him for what he is, I think he could be he could play in the league. I think he could actually pretty be pretty good in the league. You just don't ask him to throw the ball down way downfield all game or you know 40, 50 yard completions downfield. It's not that's not his thing. I don't think he has the arm strength to 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 cons- consistently throw the ball deep downfield. If four of these guys are going in the first round. There's got to be four teams that are willing to do it, right? It's just a matter of who. So it's going to come down. I think it's. I'm just so- basing it off of past history. You get at least, you get a couple teams that fall in love with a quarterback and say, yeah. if not now, when? Happen. I think it's going to happen. Or if we have two in our, in our, on our roster, we don't have one. So add a third one. And there's teams that are desperate for a quarterback. Hey, all right. I, I see where you guys are going. So someone's going to do it. It's just a matter of who's going to who's going to dip their toes in the water. You know what I mean? Who's going to say, "All right, let's we like." Someone's going to dip their toes in the water too early, and then all of a sudden, the deep end is going to get real full. <laughs> right, teams are going to get antsy. I got nice, nice, nice out. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So that's definitely a tricky uh, position going into the draft for sure. What about running back? Um, do we see a first rounder? I don't think so, but what, what do you guys think, Patrick? What, what's your thoughts? You see a first rounder here? Maybe a team before Tampa Bay signed Fournette, maybe they take a chance, but that's moot now. Um, Brees Hall checks off a lot of boxes, but if he's in the early second round, he checks off even more boxes, uh, yeah. value wise. Um, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State's a very good running back, very talented. Um, He's my favorite out of all. I also, I got to mention the Notre Dame kid, Kyron Williams. He's 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 a little on the smaller side. He's not an every down back, but I don't think there are many every down backs coming out anymore. Um, he's good. He's got good hands. He's a good runner too, but. Um, I, I think this is more of a depth class of running backs than it is up top. It's not as top heavy as, you know, there's not the whatever, say whatever you want about Saquon or Zeke or, you know, a Dalvin cook, or there's nobody that screams to me, you got to take this guy in the first round. So I'm going to say no running backs in the first round. I agree, especially with that with the talent we've had other positions. I think of more uh, positions of more uh, value. I think I think quarter, a running back at the first run probably is an issue. Would be something 
uh, I don't know. I don't know if that would happen. I totally agree with you. Uh, what did you think of James Cook? Did you watch him play at Georgia? Yes, he's um, he's a back that he didn't. He doesn't have many miles on on his tires, so to speak, because it was him, and it was also I'm forgetting the other guy's name. It was a running back by committee because they had so yeah. much talent at Georgia. Um, Samia Weiss? Yes, similar yes, to the guy it. at Alabama that showed up late in the season. Um, Ryan but um, Cook is I, – I think I, I think a lot of these running backs go in the second round. But Yeah, because Cook is – Cook for me, Cook is like a, a complimentary guy. Yeah, you know, he's back. talented. He's a, he's talented, but I think he's a complimentary, con, complimentary guy. Um, I did not watch a lot of running backs, man. I got to apologize. I did not do all my homework. So <laughs> I did not do a lot of running backs. I watched Cook a little bit. He's most definitely a – I agree with you, Patrick, about Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall, probably one of the better guys I, I got to watch. I like his size. I like the fact that – at his size, he's a little bit more athletic than you would say for a guy that's two, that weighs over two hundred and that what is he like two two fifteen? Two, and he ran in like four three nine, I think. That's ridiculous at that size, bro. Come on, that's not even fair. Like really? <laughs> so, well, you he know, so he, uh, fumble issues though, result, right? Mm, I mean, had a little bit on him. Mm. That's that's concerning, yeah, but he that was one. giving yeah. the ball a lot. But that could he be was... fixed. Yeah, that could always be fixed. I think. Right. Uh, yeah he 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 was he was one of the intriguing guys that I saw. Um, hey, remember we got else? we got Michael Carter what in the third round last year or fourth round? Yeah, we did. But remember, I mean Carter's Carter's talent was my. I mean, the fact that we got him there was a surprise. <laughs> Right, you gotta say that. Right. So these guys He's are gonna fall. Extraordinarily um, talented player. Running back is um, not valued too high, so I I think these some of these yeah. guys that we're talking about are gonna go to the third. I think you know a guy like Walker will go in a second. Isaiah Spiller is another big name. Yeah, he'll yep. probably go in a second. But some of these other guys, like you said, the Notre Dame guy, he might go to the third or fourth round, and someone's gonna pick him up. And Haskins out of Michigan. Yeah. Son Hackins. Um, yeah, not there's some this this is deep, not with like those premier running backs, but there this is deep where it's you got solid running backs here that are gonna get yeah. third, fourth, fifth round. Yeah, yeah. the are guys like Pierce that are, that I think people are missing on, man. Florida, Florida, Florida guy. Yeah. Yep. Like I I that to me, he was one of the guys I watched during the season that I was like, huh. Interesting. I, and I think some a team is gonna get a hell of a player with that guy, to tell you the truth. And he and like like you said, Chris, he might fall all the way to the late third, fourth round. You know. And I think it's all about what team like where you're going, what running back room are you going to when you get drafted? Are you being asked to be the guy? Because if you are, then you might get set up for a little bit of a disappointment. But if you can find, like Charmin said, complimentary running backs, like a second running back in your system, then there's a lot of value with these guys. Because a lot of these guys were blue chip 
some of them did not uh, like Brian Robinson Jr. for Alabama. He sat behind. Sat your eye. Yep. Uh, so many guys. Sheesh. And then he finally got his chance at the end of this year, and he delivered. Um, there's a guy, Jerome Ford, for Cincinnati. He was a guy that was at Alabama and had to transfer and then had to go to, quote-unquote, smaller school, and they ended up playing Alabama in the semifinals. I mean, there, there are guys up and down this board that if, you're, if you don't ask too much out of them, if you don't think they're going to be the 1A 25, 20 carries a game guy, you're still going to be surprised and you're going to get good value. If you're asking them to come out of the backfield, make a couple catches a game, get a couple of carries, spell your, your number one running back and you'll get value. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Sure. We see that the running back is not valued as much in the NFL anymore. So or like it used to be. So that's why these guys fall. You know, like like we said, last year we got Michael Carter in the fourth round, third round. And look what kind of play that guy that kid is. So I could see a lot of these guys falling that far, third, fourth, maybe even fifth round. So and like you said, Patrick, it really depends. If you have somebody already here already on your team that could carry 15 times, 20 times, and get this guy in who you draft to give you 10 carries a third down back, a guy you could just carry in the first or second. And down. rookie rookie year, they help out on special teams. And, yeah. Like yeah. Kenneth Kenneth Walker, I think, is great, but he's not that great of a pass catcher. So you may not want him on the third down. You may want him coming, you know, more first and second down, uh, more of a second, a first and second down back just to carry the ball instead of looking to, you know, come out of the backfield and, and catch. So, um yeah, so it's it's a deep one, but not the home run hitters that we've seen in the past. Like last year, you had a couple of big names. Um, you had the kid from um, Alabama, obviously um, Najee Harris, and uh, the one that went to Jacksonville, but he they turned him into a wide receiver. Which I don't know <laughs> if that's going to be the case this year. Uh, maybe maybe Doug Peterson is going to change that, so we'll see. But um, yeah, so it's we're done with the offense, and it's kind of interesting where you went from wide receivers and tight ends deep, and then it kind of it kind of changed a little bit. Tackles, there's a few good first rounders as well. Guards, bottom bottom of the first, upper part of the second round, you got a a, a lot of talent there. So um, next week we're gonna hit the uh, defensive line. We're gonna hit the edges which we're going to be very interested in and the interior defensive linemen, which we are going to be very interested in as well as jet fans. So, all right, that's the show. Uh, remember you can catch us uh, on Twitter at liftoff jets. Um, Charmin, you can catch him at grown folk 1980 and you can catch him at playlikeajet.com. writes great articles every week. Um, you can catch me uh, at CP seven and Y you can catch Patrick on talking rivals a baseball podcast. And you can catch um, him on Twitter at Patrick Trotty as well. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, guys.